Welcome to the RBL podcast aimed to encourage and uplift women of all ages through real stories, testimonies, and experiences in Christ. We'll dive into a variety of different topics pertaining to women, and trust me, no topic is off limits. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Hey, hey, welcome back, RBL community. So today, let's talk lies. Now, how many times have you found yourself believing something that wasn't true, whether it was something about God, yourself, or even others? Now, I don't know about you, but I know I have. So today, we will be tackling three common lies that we as women tend to believe. And of course, I can't just leave you at that. We're going to look at a few practical tips that you can hopefully apply to overcome these lies in your life as well. Okay, so let's dive right in. Coming at you with lie number one, the lie of comparison. I believe we've all been there before. You notice a woman who has nice features that maybe you don't have yourself. And then you begin to question your own appearance. Or you realize how talented another woman is. She seems to be able to do everything right and flawlessly, and this makes you feel as though you don't really have anything to offer. Whether it's beauty, talent, success, or even relationships, the temptation to compare ourselves as women is a common struggle for many women, if not all women of today, and of course, of different ages. But here's the problem with comparison. It robs us, not only of real joy, but it can lead us to a place of resenting others because of what they seem to have in comparison to what we don't, or at least what we think we don't have. In fact, sometimes we can even begin to resent God because we think that he has held something away from us while favoring others. The truth is, just because someone has been blessed in one way does not take away from the blessing in your life or your ability to do something. God is fair, and that's something we have to remember, right? And he gives to each as he sees fit. So you may have different characteristics, different strengths, different body types than another woman, but again, that doesn't take away from you. In fact, it's crazy, but that very woman with whom you're comparing yourself with may also be comparing herself to someone else who may be comparing herself to another, who may be comparing... You know where I'm going with this. The cycle just continues. So let's just say you've fallen into this lie of comparison that makes you believe that somehow you would be better if you had what that woman had. How do you combat this lie? Well, with all lies, you combat it with the truth. And the truth is in the word of God. So one thing to remember is, again, God had a purpose and plan for every single one of us. All right, sis, that means you, that means me. That means they're that sister that you're comparing yourself to as well. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, this informs us that God's plan for us includes his timing of things, the certain events, and even the gifts that he equips us with in order to serve him. And they're not going to look exactly like another person's. So the journey to where God wants each and every one of us is going to look a little different, aligned with his will, but nevertheless different from every other person. 
So understanding comparison for what it really is, is really, really crucial as well. So what is comparison? I like to define it this way, self-focused. Think about it. Many times the people that struggle with this the most have much going for them. So it isn't like, you know, they're without anything, but often what happens is when our eyes become so fixed on ourselves, we look at everything as if it revolves around us. So someone gets a promotion and all you see is that, you know, they're getting a seemingly better income than you are, even though you were fine with your income prior to even hearing this news. Or someone younger is getting married, and all of a sudden, you feel a certain way because your view of her or of this entire situation is that she's being chosen over you. Okay, I'm going to drop a bomb. Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) It is is not about you. Boom, I said it, okay? And it's not about me either, okay? So why I say this is we need to just really learn to take our gaze off of ourselves. And even if we must acknowledge our own lives, let us acknowledge it in the sight of gratefulness for what God has actually done, is doing, and will do in our lives. The gifts he's equipped us with and the way that he's chosen to use our lives for his glory is for his glory, not our own. All right, let that sink in as well. (laughs) Again, it's all about just bringing glory to God. So this brings me to my next practical tip, which is cultivating a heart of gratitude. There are always things to be grateful for, even in the small things, like literally being able to breathe on your own is a huge blessing, okay? And one that we really take for granted. Do you know how much of a blessing it is to be able to even get up and have a new day filled with new mercies? Like so many things go overlooked when we are caught up in the wrong things. So I challenge you that when you find yourself comparing because of what you think you lack to someone else, Find three things, just three, or you can start off with three, that you can thank God for in what he has done, again, what he is doing, and even what he's about to do, okay? And I would even challenge you further to go ahead and thank him for what he has given that other sister that you've compared yourself to. We can learn to appreciate others rather than compete and compare with, again, an understanding that we all have strengths and weaknesses. And all can be used for the glory of God and the building of the of the church and, of course, others around us, okay? It does not take away. Whatever they got going on does not take away from what you got going on, what God's doing in your life, all right? So my last practical tip for this lie is to stay off social media. Take some time off, whether it's temporarily or even if it's for good. Just if you find yourself comparing yourself often, it's time to take a little step back off social media where everything is always glamorized and it's so easy to fall into that trap of comparing yourself to pictures. And what do they even call them? Videos? Little reels? Uh, Whatever the case is, you know, we can literally deviate away from this if we just take some time off of social media. So instead, fill that time by seeking and meditating on God's promises in his word and asking him to really just fix your gaze back on him. In this world of distractions, we need to let that be our prayer often. God, help my fix gaze to be on you and you alone. And remember one last thing. 
the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's greener where we water it. So whatever the size of your grass, tend to it, work with it, and watch how God uses what you may have called inadequate and not good enough for his glory and as a blessing to those around you. Okay, so coming in at lie and number two, the lie that my voids will be filled once I get what I want. Okay, so we all have desires, every single one of us, myself included, whether that is desires for some of the things mentioned in the previous point, relationships or success, maybe even a bigger family, a house. The reality of it is sometimes our desires aren't necessarily wrong desires, but if you were to ask yourself why, why do you really want the thing that you're desiring so much? And I know you'll probably give a surface-based answer um, that really sounds good on paper, but is that really the honest answer? If God was to examine your heart right now for those desires, would he find that to be the truth? Or would he see that perhaps maybe you were trying to fill this empty space with this thing that you desire with so much? And look, I'm not trying to imply that every time our desires are out of the wrong motives, but it is good to check our hearts and to be honest before God. So is this out of selfish motives? Are we buying into believing that having this very thing will somehow complete us or bring us true joy? Because if that's the case, then what we may be doing is thinking that this item can fill a void that is only meant for Jesus to fill. Okay, so story time. <laughs> I remember before I came to Christ, one of the things I tried to fill the sense of loneliness and insecurity with was relationships. I really believe that if, you know, if, if I just was with the right guy who cared for me and treated me well, then any sort of emptiness would be gone and I would have some sort of fulfillment. Now we would get married and all my loneliness and sense of insecurity would disappear. Now, the thing is, when I got into a relationship with a guy like that, who indeed treated me the way I wanted to be treated and did have a vision to move towards marriage, I realized that my voids still existed. How could this be? Wasn't this what I waited for? I mean, wasn't this supposed to be a magic fulfillment that I had desired? No, because those feelings didn't disappear. Getting out of that relationship and submitting myself to Christ was where I truly found fulfillment. But this is something that has to be constant. Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. So maybe like me, what you used to fill voids with was relationships because you wanted a sense of love or an escape from insecurities, or maybe it was a pursuit of success because it brought you a sense of value. Maybe your thing was popularity and approval from others because it gave you a sense of belonging. Maybe it was even substances like drugs and alcohol because it made you forget about pain that you were dealing with. Only for a moment. Whatever we use to fill our emptiness, when we come to Christ, that emptiness is fulfilled. Our longings were only meant to be filled by God. And that's why even when we try to fill those voids our own way, it never really works out. And they really don't go away. And we find ourselves in a similar cycle over and over and over again. But this is something to remember throughout our walk with Jesus, you know, as time goes on, because we so easily drift away. And sometimes, especially in a generation like this, that dictates what you need to have to be fulfilled, 
it's so easy to get caught up in these lies, right? That, hey, I'm missing something and I need this thing to have that satisfaction, to have that fulfillment. But God's word is contrary to that. So there's a story in the Bible of this woman who's known as the Samaritan woman. And this can be found in John chapter 4, so you can go ahead and check that out. Now, here's a woman who would always come by um, this well, basically, and her desire was basically to be fulfilled, right? Like to fulfill her quench, her thirst by drawing water with her empty bucket. It's very symbolic, right? Um, until one day she encountered Jesus who told her that he is the living water and that if she drinks this living water, she would never thirst again. So what Jesus was saying to her is the same for us, that he is our only real fulfillment in our lives. He is the one that satisfies like nothing else. Okay, so the constant pursuit from things around us to fulfill us will never be enough, no matter how much of it you get. All right, that's why you can have a person who maybe they seek for money because they really just believe that more money will bring them more satisfaction, but then they still find themselves miserable right? So they think they just have to get more money. And then they're still miserable and then more money and then they're still miserable, right? And again, the cycle continues and continues and continues and never ends until you realize that in Christ is where you can experience that fulfillment and a sense of completion and know that he indeed is enough to sustain us. Okay, so what are some practical tips if you do find yourself having a longing for something and feeling as though you can only be satisfied if you have this very thing? Number one tip is surrender. Just surrender, sis. Give it back to Jesus. Allow him to fulfill those longings in your heart. Again, some desires may be innocent, that's for sure, but it all comes down to motives at the end of the day, right? Have him change those motives in you and just free you from that bondage of feeling as though you need to have this thing to satisfy you. Otherwise, you'll just never be satisfied. Second is to delight yourself in God. The Bible says to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, disclaimer, this doesn't mean that your wish becomes his very command, but we can again experience a changed heart and have our longings just fulfilled in him. So the cry of our hearts shifts for him rather than this thing that we want to replace him with. And in that, we actually really do experience peace and satisfaction. So the world will always tell you again that you need to experience happiness. Um, in a certain way, and this is what you need in order to obtain that. But I'll tell you this, Jesus gives you joy. And once you have joy, it's everlasting, and it's not dependent on external factors that are temporary and forever changing. All right? So now we are at the final common lie. Are you ready? Okay, I was going to do a drum roll, but like, <laughs> just let's just not. <laughs> okay, so the lie that what I feel must be a reality. Let's be honest. We live in a very, very emotional world, especially in this generation where truth is replaced by personal truths, which are technically governed by opinions and feelings. A person can literally live their entire life taking dictations from how they are feeling at any given time. Now, we have to remember that feelings are forever changing. So if they are forever changing and what we consider to be truth is based on that, then what we consider to be truth is also always changing. But truth, 
if it really is the truth, should always be constant, despite of changing times and personal feelings and opinions. But we don't think often that way. Instead, what happens is we have a thought based on a feeling, and we sometimes look for reasons to make that a fact in our lives. So in psychology, there's this term called self-fulfilling prophecy. So what that is, is we believe something, it affects our behaviors in a way that eventually leads those expectations to become a reality. So you feel as though someone does not like you, okay? Just for example. So you begin to behave in a way that may be guarded and may start even avoiding them. So maybe perhaps they just don't say hi to you because you know you've given them the impression that you're not really interested in speaking to them so okay they maybe keep their distance you know um for whatever reason and then maybe they just pass by you one day maybe they don't even notice you but they don't say hi and now you're just thinking to yourself look look, they are avoiding me. I knew it because they didn't like me and that's why they're doing that. When in reality, again, they probably just didn't even see you that day. Sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? But we often do this. Maybe not always to that extent and sometimes it's actually beyond that extent. But regardless of the level of deceit from our feelings and the impact it has made on our own behavior, we cannot continue to take dictations from something that is constantly changing. We need stability and we need consistency in our lives. So what if you are more on the emotional side and maybe you've allowed your feelings to dictate how you live, how you react, and how you even think about God, others, and yourselves? What are some practical ways to overcome the lies that your feelings bring? Number one, sis, is to renew your mind with truth. We underestimate often our minds and literally just how much of a powerful part of the body it really is. We need to take care of our minds daily and our hearts and guard them from things that can really affect them negatively. So that's why Romans 12 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we need to have our minds renewed often. This world constantly tells us that whatever we feel is true. And we need to understand that that's not reality. Our feelings can easily cloud our judgments. And sometimes what we need to do is take a step back and reevaluate, like, you know, what I'm thinking right now, is this true? Is this true? you know, for the moment, or is this ultimate truth? We need to ask ourselves, does this even align with the truth, right? And if we're uncertain of what truth is, well, Jesus tells us he is the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. What that means is we can always trust what God says in his word and believe that it is true because God doesn't change. He remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Again, you know what that means? If you're in a season where you feel God doesn't love you, that doesn't make it true. If you feel that God doesn't care, that doesn't make it true. If you feel that God has abandoned you or you feel like you're not valuable or worthless, guess what? That doesn't make it true. Your feelings do not dictate reality. He stays the same regardless of how we feel, so we can trust what he says. Now, whenever you find yourself believing in a life that is feeling-based, seek what the word of God says about that lie and hey you know what write it out stick it on your wall somewhere visible and anytime you find yourself in those thoughts 
combat those lies with the truth. Lastly, open up and share with a trustworthy sister. You know, that song, um, Lean On Me. Okay, so in the chorus, basically, it says in one of the lines, we all need somebody to lean on. I'm sure somebody out there is probably hoping that I would have sang that, but you know, I clearly was not gifted with the ability to sing. So I'm just gonna, you know, allow you to use your imagination if you haven't heard the song before. But anyways, after going to God with these lies, remember you can always find a friend with whom you can confess these lies to as well. Let them know what you're believing in that season. I cannot express how relieving it was to just be able to just say what was troubling my heart to someone that I trusted. Sometimes we need that. We just need someone to talk to. It brings about encouragement, guidance back to truth, and also exposes those wrong thinking patterns for what they really are. Lies based on our feelings. And of course, talking to the right people is crucial. So, you know, you'll need to definitely cultivate right friendships that you can, you know, basically bring in about these conversations um, when these seasons do arise that will just point you back to the word of God. And if you haven't already, you can go ahead and listen to our episode on quality friendships for more depth on having those right relationships and cultivating those kind of relationships. So we have to ultimately remember that Satan loves to keep us in isolation, expose those lies for what they are, and let us not allow them to have the final say in our lives anymore. Enough is enough, okay? Like literally, sis, we do not have to remain in bondage to any of these lies. We can experience the freedom Jesus paid for us to have, all right? So what about you? Have you experienced any of these lies? And if so, how have you combated them? And if not, maybe what are some ways that you can apply some of these practical tips or even the word of God to help you combat these lies? We'd love to hear from you here at Rise by Lifting. So you can leave your comments on our Instagram page um, or you can even email us directly if you have any questions or even topics that you want to hear on this podcast at risebyliftingpodcast at gmail.com. What a mouthful, right? (laughs) I promise it's not as long as it seems. Anyways, we'd love to hear from you. But until next time, stay encouraged.